Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue through our examination of uh, 1 Timothy. We've started a new series here last few episodes. So we're in the first chapter of 1 Timothy. And I want to back up uh, and begin with verse 3, which we covered the last episode or so. Um, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he greeted him in the first two verses, and then he just jumps right into it. Paul does. And he's warning Timothy about uh, certain teachers among the body of Christ there at Ephesus. And we're going to see this throughout 1 Timothy. We're going to see it throughout 2 Timothy. And we see it throughout the body of Christ today. Uh, false teachers are prevalent, particularly among the organizational church. I would say they're the norm in the organizational church, okay? Even among the organism of the body of Christ, the true believers, and there will be those that are false teachers unintentionally, and then there will be those that are false teachers by intent. And unintentionally, what I mean by that is that somebody will teach something or say something, and it's just not right. Well, we all do that, okay? We're all learning. And so uh, it's, when that occurs, someone who does know the truth is supposed to go to them and share the truth with them, and then everybody rejoices together, right? <clears throat> so there's various type of false teaching. What's happening here is Paul actually calls it strange doctrine. So let's just begin with verse 3. As I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. So because of what he's saying here in these verses that we're reading, we have some overt teachings, overt warnings, but then it gives us subtle hints about what was happening. These are likely a group of Jewish background teachers. They would profess to be believers, and you know what? They very well may have been. Some of them may have truly believed, but they've gotten sidetracked by something, by strange doctrines. And it centers around uh, myths and endless genealogies. And so this that gives us a little hint that these are of a group of people that would eventually become known as the Judaizers. And basically what they believed is that you had to become a practicing Jew first before he became a believer. And then when you became a believer as a practicing Jew, you had to continue practicing all the things of the law and of Judaism to maintain your true faith. And that's not at all what the scripture teaches about the gospel. Okay, Now, verse 5, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. So Paul was making sure that Timothy had the right motivation, okay, the right motivation in what he's going to be encouraging him to do. Uh, which is to instruct these certain men that have these strange doctrine, okay, to correct them. And again, Paul's going to be saying this all the way through uh, 1 Timothy in various ways, and he's going to say it in 2 Timothy that he writes a few years later to deal with these false teachers. And folks, this is such a word for today. And I know I struggle with the same thing because there's so much false teaching. When do you speak something? When do you say something? When do you address it? Do you do it constantly? You know, so here's where it really hits those of us sitting in the pew. When do you walk up to the one teaching the Sunday school class? When do you walk up to the one uh, who's preaching and teaching and say, 
uh, hey, can, can we talk a little bit here? Can I ask you some questions about this? You know, can I share some things with you? And particularly in the way that we are in the Western world, when it comes to those in church leadership, we've really created a structure which is not, which is not biblical at all. And so there's this, uh, uh, there's a couple things going on. There's a fear of people just going up and saying, hey, can we talk about what you said? And seeking to share the truth with one another. And then from those in leadership, most are just profoundly uh, defensive, Okay, and they're defensive and they rest upon their position. They'll say, well, I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor. I'm the teacher. I'm this. In other words, whatever I say, you need to listen to, regardless of whether it's what the scripture teaches or not. You know, see a lot of this today. And so Paul says, when you're dealing with this stuff, make sure that you're uh, speaking and dealing with it with love and love from a pure heart and a good conscience. And sincere faith, a little trifecta right there of intent. Now, verse 6. Here's why. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussions, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the, the matters about which they make confident assertions. We talked about this in the last episode. In other words, they don't know what they're talking about. They're acting very confidently. They're saying this, they're saying that, but they simply don't know what the law says. They don't know the word of the Lord, but they want to be teachers of the law. Now, Paul continues in verse 8, and, and listen to what he says, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. So you can tell that Paul is not wanting to be taken out of context. He doesn't want somebody to say, oh, he's antinomian against the law. Okay, no, he doesn't want that at all. He's going to explain the whole purpose of what the law is because he doesn't want to be misinterpreted. And he doesn't want Timothy to be misinterpreted in dealing with these folks who are wanting to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what the law is. Same thing happens today. The second that you say something about something, whatever it is, if it's a political statement or if it's just something from the word, people automatically want to box you in. And they say, oh, you must be like this, or you must be like this. No, 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 this is just what the truth is. So Paul, again, he says, we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Now, verse 9, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person. So he's saying this, the law is not made for the righteous person. When we are righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we are saved, we fulfill the law in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said that because he was constantly asked and set up really by the religionists to try to undermine the law. And he says, no, no, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. So what we're seeing here is the law was not made for a righteous person. In other words, a righteous person's goal and motivation isn't to fulfill the law. Then, Well, what's the purpose then? What is the law made for? Well, he tells us here in these last two and a half verses. So listen to these. Realizing the fact that Law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Remember how Paul started the letter about how he'd been entrusted and Timothy had been entrusted? And he circles around back to that again. 
Notice this list that he gives. Okay. Now, this is an all-inclusive list. Well, how do I know that? Because at the end of verse 10, he says, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. So he's not sitting there saying, okay, these are the exact precise things that the law addresses, and it's only these things. And if you're doing something outside of this list right here, then you must be okay. No, 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 that's not what he's saying at all. Uh, you see several lists like this in scriptures in various ways that are just giving us an idea of what is being talked about, an idea of what a lawless, rebellious person is, an idea about an ungodly and sinner. Now, I'll tell you what, probably in the next episode, we'll go back and look at sort of how he, he juxtaposes those things back and forth between one another. You know, they're, they're, they're hearing groups of two, lawless, rebellious, ungodly, sinners, unholy, profane. And then he gives some examples of some things. And these are things that the body of Christ struggles with today. You know, the church I'm sort of hanging out in right now, the whole denomination is having a huge debate. And I, I want to say most of the top leadership in that denomination has no problem with homosexuality. But right here is one of the scriptures that shows that this is a form of immorality that is abhorrent to God. And it's just point blank. It's clear right here. I think he probably lists these things in this way because, because these are likely things that are being struggled with within that church at that time. And Paul's just putting his little finger on these things, okay? I tell you what, my time's up. We'll resume this next time together. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you then. Goodbye.